0: Okay, good to be on the podcast.
1: Don't do
0: that. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. Yeah,
1: it sounds wrong. Whatever it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just take that out. cut, <laughs> cut that. Oh. Back. Rewind. Okay. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> did, did your heart feel? <laughs> what is that? You you sound. I
1: don't know. Sounds so
0: bizarre. <laughs> Maybe it's like Swedish? Oh, it's like here to fix your pipe. That,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. That's I'll
0: good. See, That's good accent. Yeah. I, was
1: just like, <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that, yeah. Okay.
0: Straight out the game. I'm just trying to offend as many people as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean that was last week's goal as well,
0: so let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode I just wanna like Hammer at the little fan base we have and just get rid of it, many like, yeah, <laughs> just like whittle, whittle
1: a little bit more away every week. Yeah,
0: whittle—that's the word.
1: Well, that's uh, that's our Swedish fan base gone. Um,
0: I'm yeah. so <laughs> lost. <laughs> I'm so lost and confused.
1: Uh-oh. I'm so confused right now. Oh, welcome to the pod, Charles Sinica. <laughs> Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host Jonathan Foster, and I'm here with my simian boy, which means that relates Simeon. to of apes and monkeys.
0: Phil,
1: your little monkey boy. It's a monkey
0: joke. Your little monkey boy. How's it going, Phil? Thank you. I do. I'm very fond of monkeys. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, one of my favorite, you know, species. Really? Of a thing. Like yeah. I is that your favorite animal? I don't know. Is that what you would call them? Monkeys? That's one of my favorite animals. Like if I could hold any animal, it'd be like a monkey. I'd love that. <laughs> they're just incredible. You know <laughs> you know. what I mean? Like they're so smart. You hate them? Terrify me. They're so tiny amazing. and they have those Dude, little fucking
1: like, fingers. and Oh, it's creepy.
0: But that's amazing. It's that great. It's this thing, this moment of like seeing yourself in nature. They make me feel so connected. Not because they're like us. I think that's sort of regressive. We are like them We've learned so much from them. sorry what are we talking about? We're doing a podcast. I like monkeys, and I'm gonna already tell you where I'm gonna lean. You know? Okay. Yeah, because we
1: do have an epic battle on the podcast. I'm a gorilla guy,
0: bro. Yeah, (laughs) gorilla boy. I'm okay though. How? Yeah. How are you? What? What? What are you doing? What's up with you?
1: Um. Well, I'm all right. I I like my Japan. I like my wrestling. So I'm very conflicted this week.
0: True, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. We have some difficult
1: Japanese influences, we have some some very good impressive wrestling techniques going on as well. So I don't know (coughs) where I'm going to stand this week because we have the
0: battle of the century. It's mostly throwing rocks though. On the podcast this week. Yeah. I
1: feel like this is gonna be a big boy just like last week's episode and i think like oh for sure we should just get into it we should just get into it oh. because we're in our final week
0: of reboot moon reboot Reboot <laughs> it took you four <laughs> weeks to finally call it that just call it that from the get-go reboot <laughs> reboot i mean it's not gonna end but we'll talk about like i mean it ends for now yeah, I imagine things will come up later in the year that we'll have to talk about. Either could we green them or could we all have watched them? But yeah, for now, for now. Done. Do you feel
1: Before we move on to like what we have in store today, you, do you have anything mm. you want to say about your actions last week and your your uh, hatred <laughs> towards the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, or, or are you still sitting on that fence? Have you had any chance to reflect on the things that you said about the Stranger <laughs> Things kid? Um.
0: <laughs> it took a moment to apologize. Um, <laughs> you know what? I've reflected and I've calmed down yeah. quite a bit, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm left You know, I feel less hatred toward that movie. Could yeah, I don't care? You know, make the movie or don't. And hopefully, it's good. And I'm, you know, looking forward to see what they do. But fuck that kid from the Stranger Things. <laughs> I don't want to see him in it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this week we're we're in our final week of reboot man, and we're we possibly have one of the biggest and baddest lineups in store. And we're not talking about one. We're not talking about two, but we're talking about three films. Three, as we gear up to the release of one of the like biggest trailer drops in recent memory. Oh my god, the amount of clicks!
0: What's huge for this yeah. film? Even I was like suddenly excited about a movie. I didn't give you- a <laughs> shit. <laughs> Just from, like, that trailer dropping, I guess everyone was, like, psyched on it. And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised how psyched people seem to be for it. But what film is it that's coming out later this year?
0: Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The OG one, it flipped. Yeah. yeah, not even King Kong. How are they gonna rub my man like that? They won't even give him his rightful they snatched title. Snatched his fucking fuck crown from him,
1: man. What the fuck? They snatched his and crown exactly. from the get go. Because even Kong Skull. And they gave Island him like an electric
0: axe. <laughs> he's like a, you know, he's like a baby in that one. I get it. Yeah, it's like a prequel.
1: But his parents were dead. And so like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got to have yeah, that movie's fucked up.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm probably, mad. But That's maybe. what i but yeah, so we thought before we jump into you know the recent history of these two behemoths, why not step back in time and look at their origins, mm. even their first epic encounter?
0: What? What? They've done this before. They've done this, before. and it was probably done better. Definitely done better. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil my opinion, but
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think just go ahead and say it's definitely been done perfectly and i'm not sure it could
0: <laughs> be improved upon you're never going to touch it but.
1: <laughs> we have godzilla versus kong coming out we have godzilla og japanese legend we have king kong american legend they're going to team up face to face probably team up together as well and take on other fucking creatures yeah. because that's they're just making them good guys now cuz they have to be good guys but that, like, that you know that like, again uh, something
0: good about the original yeah they don't play that shit it's yeah. a fight yeah you see it play out
1: definitely and also i feel like this is a time to kind of reflect back on one of the questions we had from one of our listeners who asked us about favorite subversive villains that we uh shouldn't root for but hey this is what i was talking about a couple weeks ago when i They're answered that question i said there's there's some monsters out there that uh hey some people don't want you to like but sometimes you just end up kind of liking them because they're kind of cool. And they're like, and actually they're not, they're not really the bad guys. Humans are the bad guys here. So let's flip it around. Let's see what's going on. Let's go all the way back to 1933. It was man
0: all along. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so first up on the podcast today, we've got the godfather of monster movies featuring the eighth wonder world. It is King Kong. 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 We're millionaires, boys. I'll share it with all of you. Why, in a few months, it'll be up in lights on Broadway. Come, be it wonder of the world!
0: Wild, weird, wonderful, the stuff for which movies were made. Adventure, to make you wonder if it's true, while your eyes convince you that it is. Truly, the thrill of thrills. Don't miss it this time.
1: Wildlife film director Carl Denham, played by Robert Armstrong, and his crew go to a tropical island for an exotic location shoot and discover a colossal ape who becomes obsessed with their blonde starlet, Anne Darrow, played by Faye Ray. After successfully capturing the beast, Denham takes Kong to New York and presents him to Broadway before Kong makes his escape and wreaks havoc in the city. It's the 1933 pre-code monster adventure film directed and produced by Marion C. Cooper and co-directed by Ernest B. Schoedsack. Hot takes out the gate, Phil. We're all the way back, 1933. This is such an old school film, King Kong.
0: Yeah. Why do all the directors have to have a letter in between? You know, why do they all have the middle initial? <laughs> that's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, that's an old school thing. there that many, like... Yeah, yeah. Miriam Marion Coopers I, Yeah,
0: <laughs> there are that many. You had to specify. This is like the time of like it's like FDR. You know JFK. Yeah. It's like a thing.
1: It's a thing. You had to have your middle name in there, and you also had to really hate women. You know, so uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's my hot take. Uh, <laughs> oh, this, this movie hates women. This movie hates um, women. <laughs> Hot takes with King Kong. King Kong is just a fucking spectacle to behold. Really, it's like a. I mean, you watch. I remember watching it initially in college, just because it was like a history thing. I was just watching old movies, and it was like you're just blown away. It's like the pinnacle of what cinema was capable of at that time. Yeah, in terms of scale and scope and visual effects, and (laughs) it dated.
1: Definitely.
0: <laughs> to say the least, a lot of it is dated <laughs> and the movie is slow, which made me forgive Peter Jackson a little bit more. Because it's like, oh, so they're just both slow. I remember the, at least it's shorter yeah, than the remake. Mm-hmm. I don't know where where I fall with this, with the politics of it. It's all very dodgy. And it's like you can read King Kong in a multitude of ways. Yeah. You can read it as like a simple... Fairy tale with Beauty and the Beast. You can read it as a metaphor for, you know, the forceful, uh, you know, enslavement of a whole people and bringing them to America. You can see the metaphor for that. You can see it at a, a uh, condemning interracial relationship. There's yes. so much you can read into <laughs> it. That. Yes, that th- mm. th- th- there's a lot of that, and it's like mm. I don't, I genuinely I don't know. Can I have read? I don't know how much of that is there and intentional if that was their intention mm. um, but it's there, it's in the movie, it's hard not to read it like that but there's something still quietly magical about it, it does work especially if it's like a classic monster movie and King Kong dated effect. kind of, what I love the stop motion animation, I can't get enough of it, like I think it looks so cool and it looks weird now obviously, it doesn't match up to like CGI or even a guy in a suit but there's something creepy about it it adds the to the fear that you're supposed to feel of Kong but I always felt sorry for Kong that you know so I don't know I don't know how to read it now yeah it's a it's a weird one it's a fun movie but it's like it's it's a movie from 1933 and it fucking feels like it
1: yeah definitely I guess like I have probably hundred percent the same
0: opinion as you <laughs> I'm trying to cover all the bases. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean I think it's important too because like this is this is a classic movie and it is groundbreaking at the time. You know, it, it was groundbreaking. Yeah, it but, did things that no one had ever seen done before. I saw this film as a young child, like like actually had the uh the we had a VHS tape of it when I was a kid. And it was, like, one oh, of those really? amazing VHS tapes that, like, it had a sound box inside. So, like, when you pushed on King Kong's chest, it made that, like, <laughs> <"Whoa!"> sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that fucking badass. Yeah. The only thing I had was the Pokemon movie came with a card. <laughs> 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 That's all I had.
1: But, yeah, it was really cool. And, I, you know, when I saw it, I was so young and I, like, was completely entranced by it. And, of course, like, being young, not really noticing the like the weird sort of i don't know like you said that it's hard to read it's hard to like figure out where they were going what their intentions were with certain aspects Mm. to the story like i said it's like this film isn't very good towards women
0: it's a lot of screaming (laughs)
1: yeah it's just uh, it's just like from the get-go there's a lot of weird lines about women
0: there's a lot of like (laughs) end up trying to find a woman Yeah. yeah
1: he basically like like Carl Denham, this this film director, he basically goes and finds this woman Darrow, who's this like like starving, like street woman, who he pulls off the street mm-hmm. to like take her to this exotic location to like s- basically set her loose, knowing that there's meant to be this like there's s- supposed to be something there, a huge there, monster, a huge monster, yeah. and he wants to shoot her. Yeah, and you know, and it's just the way he he goes about getting her, and then some of the the lines from certain so, like uh, sailors on the ship who are just sort of like, "Oh, women's woman's not supposed to be here," like you know, it's just like this whole weird <laughs> sort of thing, and it was just like very we're making strange. a movie, man. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> there, there is a certain element to like of of like fascination about this film. That's just like, it's, it really is a fascinating movie. Like the story is fascinating. I just wish that I didn't feel so like weird about some of the context. Like it felt like (laughs) it was there and
0: yeah, I'll
1: get to it in a bit, but I mean, that is something through the modern lens that people talk about a lot with this movie and even I think back then Mm. so it's not even like a new thing. (laughs) So the idea of this film dated back to like when the explorer, soldier, aviator, businessman, writer, producer, and filmmaker Marion C. Cooper all the way to his childhood back when he had a fascination with gorillas and then also... You tie that in with this weird story that he read back in 1926 about an expedition that saw William Douglas Burden, who was a trustee of the American Museum of Natural History, where he led a team into the East, East Indies with the goal of recording footage and bringing back Komodo dragons to the U.S. for the first time. The men there—they there's this footage you can actually find out of them. They the men when they went to the East Indies, they like were like sitting there shooting and hunting these lizards. And then they brought back two live specimens that ended up in the Bronx Zoo. Oh my God.
0: What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. I mean, that's literally King Kong.
1: Yeah. So he had this idea, basically. Don't do that.
0: It's mix bad.
1: <laughs> mix your gorillas, his fascination of gorillas, with the fascination of this crazy story about this hunt for these Komodo dragons. And actually one idea yeah. I think he had originally was that he would actually have real African gorillas <laughs> battling actual Komodo dragons with like stand-ins and joint shots and all that sort of stuff.
0: Wow. This dude's like yeah. way too far in the future. Yeah. You can't do that.
1: <laughs> Sounds like he was trying to make King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. So the idea back then at the time when he came up with this idea was called Giant Terror Gorilla. Big Shark. <laughs> it sounded like he was actually making... Uh, <laughs> When, when it came to making this film, he was making two other pictures and he kind of like joined them together. It was really weird. So uh, Cooper took the idea of giant terror gorilla to Paramount back in the first years of the Great Depression, but executives shied away from it because it sounded really costly. And then eventually in 1931, David O. Selznick brought him to RKO Pictures and allowed him to make his films. Uh, this led to the development of a film called The Most Dangerous Game. Good man. It was Called man it. all along. Uh really? yes, it's the adaptation of the book that the Zodiac Killer was obsessed with about a game yeah. hunter on an island hunting man. He was making the most <laughs> dangerous game with Ernest B. Shotashak uh directing that, and that was on this big jungle set that they built. And that was also starring, surprisingly, Robert Armstrong and Faye Ray, who are in King Kong. So
0: <laughs> at the same Beautiful time you got we got the sets. We got the actors. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> At the same time, you had stop motion animator Willis O'Brien, who created the cre- mm. creatures for King Kong. Uh, he was making this film called Creation about travelers who are shipwrecked on an island of dinosaurs. The film was not finished. Basically, he had test footage for the dinosaurs and stuff. He showed it to Cooper and they, it led Cooper with the idea to like scrap the Komodo dragons idea like scrap all that and use some of the dinosaur models from creation and then he'd employ the same techniques for creating kong basically they were just like this creation film isn't working the stories kind of sucks but these creatures look kind of cool so let's just take this kong idea i have with all the creatures and stuff that willis o'brien's creating from creation let's Scrap the idea of going on this expensive shoot on location on in some island or something and just do it in the jungle where we're shooting most dangerous game and fuck it. Let's use the Genius. same actors. So <laughs> it's really you funny. You want it cheap?
0: Here, I got it. <laughs>
1: Cooper, Shodashack and O'Brien shot this test reel of uh, a giant gorilla doing a battle with the dinosaur and they like showed it to the RKO executives who immediately just put up the budget for $650,000, which is equivalent to about $10 million a day.
0: Yeah. How would you not? How would you say no to that? Yeah. yeah like how would you say no you'd be like what the fuck how did you do this that's like magic right it's like the train yeah. coming into the platform yeah it's like the the gorilla fighting a dinosaur <laughs> and that's one of the better bits in the, yeah. in, in the movie those fights are really cool
1: yeah i think it happens too much though like and i think that's what slows down that film i agree with you about like how it feels <laughs> a bit slow because i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of like the same thing happening on uh, mm. on Skull Island, like where there's at least three or four times when Kong fights some fucking dinosaur thing, and like,
0: yeah, Faye
1: Ray's just screaming do the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like maybe just maybe just the T Rex, maybe or like you know. He fights, he, you know, like, I yeah, think by the true. time he was fighting the Pterodactyl, I was just sort of like, I don't care anymore. Let's move on to New York. <laughs> I've seen this,
0: like, for a time. It, yeah. yeah, you're always just waiting for New York at the best bit of Kong and that's the more interesting thing. Take the ape, put him in our world. Yeah. But, like, I mean, you watch it and you're like, action movies still haven't changed. Yeah. It's like superhero movies. It's just like it's like you just have to watch the same thing over and over again with, like, bits of plot in between. And it's like, fight, <laughs> yeah. fight, fight. Plot, 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 fight, fight, and it's like the yeah. same fight over and over again.
1: Definitely, it
0: works though. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> mostly no.
1: Marcel Delgado constructed Kong per designs and directions from Cooper and O'Brien on one inch equals one foot scale to simulate a gorilla of being eighteen feet tall, and they built four models. Two were at 18 inches. So basically, that was supposed to be two 18 feet Kongs, basically. Okay. Uh, and they were made of aluminum, foam rubber, latex, and rabbit fur. And then they upscaled for the New York scenes to 24 inch models, even bigger. I think they felt like when they got to New York and they had him, you know, climbing up like buildings and shit yeah he needed, around, yeah, and... he needed it to be even bigger so they like made him much bigger which is kind of interesting mm. they scaled him up in one film
0: <laughs> <laughs> he grew he did you know he's like a historic prehistoric beast we don't know how they live
1: yeah what was in that gas that they gave him to knock him out just <laughs> steroids steroids (laughs) (laughs) the fourth model was a small model made of lead covered in fur and stuff and that was basically for him plummeting down the Empire State Building and then (laughs) you had Kong's Roar (laughs) created by sound effects artist Murray Spivak and he did it by recording animal noises at half speed he played a tiger roar backwards And a lion roar forwards for the howl. And then he even provided all the love grunts himself by grunting into a megaphone.
0: (laughs) Uh, And action.
1: (laughs) It (laughs) sounds like a dude just doing it. It was so fucking funny. I was laughing like (laughs) so much when I was watching this film. Just like... (laughs) I just figured that would be us for like two hours just on your oh oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, you, me, podcast. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so at least two of these armatures that they created for Kong's like, got, it's like, it's weird to say this and not have images to describe, but you know, the armature is basically like the frame of these models. Mm-hmm without any of the fur and shit on it. So basically yeah. it just looked like pieces of metal
0: <laughs> with <the> arms <laughs> like an exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah, an
1: exoskeleton. Uh so at least two of these have survived, one being owned by Peter Jackson. Oh. And Bob Burns. At Bob Burns Bob's basement museum. Basically this crazy museum of film props and memorabilia. Bob Burns has like so much shit down there. And <laughs> It's like you know. It's you go there and you've got like the actual gremlins puppets. You've got like like the fucking wolf, oh, the werewolf from uh, American Werewolf in London. There's like Darth Vader. Like uh, I think his hand that gets chopped off. Like there's so much shit.
0: <laughs> That's there. great.
1: It's insane. I'd love to there's, go. there's videos you can see on YouTube of it. It's really cool, and. The only reason why I'm bringing up Bob Burns is because this is very interesting. Bob Burns is known for being Tracy the Gorilla in the Ghostbusters TV series from the 1970s that we mentioned last week, which was the reason why Ghostbusters couldn't get the name Ghostbusters until they like, oh, fucking bought it funny. because the dude jumped ship over to Universal. <laughs> it's fucking nuts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. They're all connected.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of Peter Jackson, so, of course, he did the uh, 2005 King Kong remake. Uh, He appeared Mm. in the 2005 King Kong remake as one of the pilots who shot down Kong off Mm. the Empire State Building. Well, this was an homage to Marion C. Cooper, who was an actual pilot during numerous wars. And he decided to cast himself and Ernest B. Shotashack, who was also a pilot, as gunning down Kong. So they did that in the original film. You could see that. If anyone's going to kill my creation, it's going to be me. That's exactly what they said. He's like, we have to take this thing out.
0: (laughs) Which, I mean, that feels a little
1: bit more racist, maybe. Um
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, and did. He like a Howard Hughes type, like entrepreneur, like just did everything because he, yeah, was so fucking flush with cash and bored. They like, yeah, fuck it, I'll, but, you know, fight in a war and then maybe I'll reinvent cinema and then you know.
1: All right, so he added the woman character to the idea of like like the whole Beauty and the Beast idea and everything. He added that mm. because, if Faye Ray, Faye Ray is great in this film, like yeah, a yeah, great sure. performance. Uh, So he added her character of Andaro because he had been told in his numerous films in the past that he just never had any sort of like romance or women or love or any sort of like things like that. It was all Mm. action and blah, blah, blah. How familiar does that sound to the plot of this film? (laughs) Like like (laughs) the director. That's funny. The director, Carl Denham, he says that in the film. I going to show them <laughs> that I can add like this great romance. I can make a phone. romance movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So he basically did It's autobiographical, this movie really. Yeah.
0: I get That's something that makes it again, interesting upon rewatch could not only in the, in the classic monster movie or classic horror movie, whatever you want to call it, but it's actually, it's a good movie about movie making. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, them definitely. trying to make this film and it, the you know, it's like the story of the movie, it the story of the people who are making the movie and the actual people making King Kong and it's it's just this really like metatextual thing and it just makes it interesting. It just yeah, like it just giving it another level upon rewatch, knowing how for for weirdly enough this movie about a giant monkey is like actually quite personal. Yeah. In the the, you know, wrong and right way
1: yeah definitely so King Kong was one of the first films to have an entirely original score which was composed by Max Steiner who is held as the father mm. of film composing like because back in the day they would basically just add in music that was already pre-recorded to things and they wouldn't Stock score needed, things yeah. for particular films so and
0: they have the people there in front of the screen playing piano like to every movie
1: Originally the studio they actually surprisingly disliked the special effects and they didn't they didn't want a film score like for this movie at all but they figured it needed needed a score because it needed realism because they thought like, oh well this doesn't look real or whatever. So they decided, okay, well we're gonna need a score, so they just wanted to use like old recordings as was standard. But Cooper paid Steiner out of his own pocket to produce the score for this movie.
0: <laughs> oh he yeah. really wanted it
1: he really wanted it it really and helped
0: it, incredible yeah
1: work. and like you can see why like he's considered the godfather of film composing because like he he basically like created these motifs like character motifs and stuff and like like moments that are like supposed to like they're designed to like basically accompany each character and moments in the films and movements and all that sort of stuff so it was just like way ahead of his time at the time. And mm. Cooper actually gave him a bonus after the film, saying that like 25% of the film's success was down to Steiner's score. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool. Obviously, King Kong was a massive hit, making over $5 million in its initial release. And it became one of the first films to be re-released when it was re-released in 1952, making another $2.5 million. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And wasn't it, isn't it wasn't it, like immediately followed by a sequel? Didn't they like... <laughs> yes. Like Thania, the next <laughs> yeah. year? The exact same year. Yeah. Thania, how the fuck did that happen?
1: Yeah, it was called Son, Son of, of Kong. Kong. Came out nine months after the release in
0: 1933. Nine so, months. Yeah. that I imagine they just reused a lot of the footage. Could How long did it take to make the original? It must have been a while.
1: Right? Yeah, it had to have been a while because it just I can't imagine like God like Willis O'Brien, like all those stop motion stuff, like and Doing there's that a again. lot of it. There's a lot of it. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure.
0: And it also killed the franchise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Immediately killed the franchise.
0: There was no more. There was no daughter of Kong or like grandson of Kong.
1: <laughs> Bride of Kong. This is it.
0: <laughs> Bride of Kong. <laughs> yeah. Kong meets, you know, Abbott and Costello. <laughs>
1: Critics loved it, loved the film, and audiences loved it as well, and they were also terrified by it. And actually, something I learned recently was that lake monster stories started to actually increase and become popular after this film was made because there's, like, the really awesome battle with the sort of, like, I don't know, sort of dinosaur monster, lake monster that's in, mm. in the lake in Skull yeah. Island when the guys are crossing, which is badass. That scene's awesome. I know I was saying that there's quite a few... Cool. Moments where Kong is fighting these fucking monsters, but that one's really cool. There's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one's really cool. We've said a couple of times, there's, it's it's sort of weird, the whole sort of, is this a racist movie? There was a lot of allegations. Mm-hmm. You've already said that King Kong has been compared to like Beauty and the Beast and they do it in the film as well. So obviously that's heavy in the movie. Um, Carl Denham even has the yeah, final line. Yeah. It's like beauty that killed the beast. You know?
0: So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's still a beautiful ending. I still love mm-hmm. that ending. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so quiet. It's such a small, I mean, it's huge. It's a huge moment. We built up to it. And it's yeah. iconic now, him at the top of the building, at the Empire State Building. Um, and he gets shut down, and it's just, he just fucking falls and died. And it's just sad. And it's like yeah. this beast wanted nothing, you know, did, had no uh, animosity, had no grudge with man's world and then you bring him here and kill him when it it's suddenly let free and it again yeah. that's part of the muddled message of it but yeah obviously it's so obviously that's a heavy-handed story so. yeah it's crazy though
1: because like obviously there's a lot of people like you said who have argued that this film was a cautionary tale about interracial marriage or interracial rela- relationships and the film's carrier blackness is not a human being but an ape mm. But you have Cooper and Shodoshak; they rejected any of this like allegorical interpretations insisting that the uh, they they did interviews about it that the story had no h- hitting meanings or anything. So they were just saying it was just like mm. what it was. But it is a really weird thing because you're like, is, is all right, so is it a t- cautionary tale against racism? like what are we supposed to see Kong as this like, this big baddie if 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 it is meant to be like you know a black man and he's like you know taking the white mm. woman and stuff if that is meant to be like what we're supposed to get from it but then like on the other end of it like you said like you're looking at kong and you just feel really sorry for him and he's been taken from his mm. home and it could also be turned mm. into like like a like in your head you can make it your own like sort of anti sort of slavery tell because they've yeah. enslaved Kong brought him here. He didn't fucking want this shit and they, they put just him like, on show. Yeah, they put him on show yeah. and they fucking kill him when he revolts and breaks out like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange. It's a really strange one. It's hard to say, especially now that these guys are fucking dead and you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Kong it's, is fucking dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but at the same time like this film it's like really incredible, and the story is incredible. It's kind of hard to like. I don't know. It's
0: kind of hard it's to play. It's an place. important movie. Yeah. It uh, yeah. It's one of those like it. It, it can be seen as horribly dated, and but it's like we look back at those things, and we've learned from those things, hopefully, mm-hmm. and we can say you know we don't appreciate these moments, but we you know there is value in this movie. What the pioneer, the Godfather, to many things of the horror genre of the month, the movie of the film. Before. Yeah. Like, loads of people would be influenced by this one thing. It's iconic. It's been endlessly referenced. It's a character that somehow has still endured. um, And it's fairly unchanged yeah. from that original idea. Mm-hmm. There's been less Kong movies than, like, the Godzilla franchise because they've had sequels and they've built in the world and they've added other kaijus and shit. Yeah. But Godzilla is very much... A, it's mainly been remakes and maybe one or two offshoot, but it's not like been this long running thing with like, I don't know how many, there's like 30 fucking Godzilla movies, but <laughs> yeah, there's only there's like so a many. handful of, there's like a handful of King Kong movies. If I'm, yeah. If I'm right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it's iconic to say the least, but a troubled movie. Definitely. Well, The
1: film surprisingly didn't receive any Academy Award nominations. Uh, David O. Selznick wanted to nominate Willis O'Brien for a Special Achievement Award for his special effects, but there weren't any such awards back then, so he didn't get any love.
0: That's the kind of thing you make it for that guy. Yeah, definitely. Because that's incredible. That's never been done before.
1: Yeah. But, you know, like we said, the film did become legendary and it has become one of the biggest horror monster movies of all time and it was one of the most influential films and you just wouldn't have a lot of these monster movies even the one that we're going to talk about in a in a minute without without it and you Mm. wouldn't have people like ray harryhausen who created some of the most insane stop-motion effects of all time you wouldn't have without things like evil dead with their crazy sort of stop-motion and like animation stuff going on in it like you know, Robocop. Any of these films, uh, even you know, there was a little bit of it, like in last week's episode um, with Ghostbusters. I mean, like Kong, sort yeah. of. It's not like it invented stop like motion, but it made like stop motion feel like it could like really fucking happen in movies, and like just they kept expanding. It was comment. cinema worthy. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's a really important piece of cinema for that like in like you said for filmmaking it really just like it's an important movie about filmmaking which is kind of cool uh Mm so in 1991 it was deemed culturally historically and aesthetically significant by the library of congress and it was selected for preservation in the national film registry so it is a preserved film which is good it had a direct sequel like you said son of kong came out nine months after its release in
0: 1933. Nine months. Which is
1: crazy. <laughs> and then there's been films made in the spirit of Kong. So like you said, there's only been a handful. Like we've had the remake in 1976 by Dino De Laurentiis that had like Jeff Bridges in it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Was it, uh, I'm trying to think who was the woman who played the Andaro character. Yeah, was it uh,
0: uh, Jessica, Jessica Lange? Lang.
1: Yeah, Jessica Lange. Yeah,
0: Jessica Lange.
1: Yeah, it popped in my head as soon as you went look for it. Um,
0: yeah, so oh. you
1: had bridges and Jessica Lang that's I mean you know it's I've seen that back in the day. it's it's okay. I haven't seen that one. I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. it's it's okay like uh, it's not great. But then you had other things like you know Mighty Joe Young come out like yeah so I like
0: that movie The really
1: old school Mighty Joe Young and then there was the uh, there was a remake of it back in the 90s so that's, that's the one I'm sort of a Kong story as well. You have, of course, Peter Jackson's 2005 uh, remake as well. And then you've got things like Donkey Kong, like, (laughs) have been inspired by (laughs) King Kong. So, I mean, it's very, like, a legendary character. Before we move on, I feel like we should talk a little bit about Peter Jackson's King Kong. And then, of course, in 2017, which is kind of the reason why we're here, there was a reboot of King Kong called Kong Skull Island as part of Legendary's MonsterVerse, which... Would lead to yeah. this crazy Godzilla versus Kong film.
0: Yeah, and I wanna—I'm interested to hear what you thought of God Island. But um, I mean, the Peter Jackson movie came at like—I have a soft spot for it. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't—it's it, far from perfect, but there's something about that movie. If it's on, I'll—I'll I'll watch it for a bit. It just came at the right time. When I was a kid, I was like I, that, I was like twelve. Yeah, and it was just—it—it's one of those. Like that and like the Star Wars prequel that just like blew my fucking head open with like the visual effects. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. This shit is real to me. And it was like Andy Serkis in the mocap and it still looked really good for the most part. And some dodgy bits, like the bit where they're like running from dinosaurs. Um, But it's still way too long. Like <laughs> yeah. every Peter Jackson movie, every Peter Jackson movie is in dire need of an editor that movie's way too long. It's an hour, hour into the movie and you're still on the boat and it's like, get there quicker. Yeah. Because they don't add yeah. much to that story. They just really sit in it. Um, but it's very simple. And it's weird in terms of casting. Like, I like Jack Black. I'm not sure if Jack Black works in Carl Didham. um. But I like that he's there and it's, it's Naomi Watts and fucking Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a mixed one but I think it's the really interesting update of that story and they really revel in the beauty and the beast version of that story where it's yeah. that movie and their love story between this ape and this woman like especially they do like a whole like romantic number at the end where they're like dancing on ice <laughs> yeah. um, before he you know before he's like brutally murdered um God I forgot about so that. yeah I'm a bit all... <laughs> Um, um I go I go back and forth on that one, but I always look on it funly. Like I was yeah. so into that movie. I had the video game and the video game badass, you played it like and the human characters like shooting fucking dinosaur and and King Kong beating the shit out of people. And like, you, you know, in New York you just got to you got to like throw a card around and like you you could unlock an alternate ending where he wins at the end.
1: Oh nice. What does he and do? So he does he take die. over and um, then it just turns into like Planet of the Apes?
0: <laughs> Kong Island. <laughs> no, he just like, I think he's just able to go. I think it ends like fucking every movie where he just hit him swimming in the ocean, like going back to the island.
1: Dude, they've missed, they missed a trick by him taking over New York and then him turning Long Island into Kong Island.
0: Bro, it's not too late. <laughs> That's how the new one could
1: end. Every week on this podcast, we give you banger ideas. Like it's, it's crazy. You guys Hanging should be writing it down and running with it because we're obviously too lazy to do anything with yeah. this.
0: <laughs> of course. And I really liked um, Gull Island. Uh, I mm-hmm. t- I think I, I was recommending it to you. Yeah. On, I'm not sure if on or off the air, but I remember seeing that again, no real interest, no hype on like this. Uh, I'm in mean, King Kong, I'm sure it'd be fun. And I was surprised how much I liked it. I liked it way more than the. Recent remake of Godzilla, I thought it was a better update, or it was different from the other one because it wasn't a film crew and it was set in the '70s and it was sort of just setting up the idea that we would return to with the new film. Yeah, and it was like an interesting group of characters and again, really cool car. John Riley, I love in that movie. <laughs> He's it's so good. Psycho, who been so on the good. island, it's like we're all gonna die. Yeah. Um, and the visual effect the top notch, and it got this great apocalypse now vibe and it's just this weird I find it quite subversive it's like this really nihilistic blockbuster where nothing the characters do matter yeah and doesn't fall into the trap of becoming another cliche monster movie because it always avoids those beats and when it when it does't hit those beat immediately you know um it like there'll be a big sacrificial moment for a character but then it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. save anyone yeah. because that's what they're up against. They're yeah. up against like nature, nature bigger. uncaring yeah. and yeah. they, they're not allowed to control it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm interested. What did you, what do you think of it? And i yeah. the Peter Jackson version.
1: Well, the Peter Jackson one I haven't seen in 15 years. So like, I don't remember mm-hmm. all of it, but I do remember kind of feeling a bit unsure of Jack Black and because Like, I really like Jack Black, but yeah, it's just like he was kind of strange in that role. And then, and I don't remember it actually working that well. But I really like Naomi Watts, but I, God, I forgot about all Mm. that, like the love story angle of it. Like, is they really hammer that and, you know, he, he turns, like, I guess Peter Jackson's turning, like he turned it from the, the story that it (laughs) <laughs> that it was and probably all those negative aspects of Kong and stuff um and tried to take that away a little bit by adding a little bit more of a like a a uh, relationship like a two-sided sort of thing between Andaro mm. and Kong but yeah it's just yeah. way it was way too long it was way too long i remember when i saw it in the <laughs> cinema i was just like <laughs> oh my long. god it's way too long and i just didn't like it and i remember like going to school I was in high school at the time. I remember going to school one day and like I was talking to some of my friends and told them I wanted to see that and how I just like really didn't enjoy it. And then he, he like one of my friends got really mad at me and he was just like, How could you not like that? But then you like that queer movie and he was talking about, um, uh, was it, uh, Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> what? Because like the week before I way uh, better. <laughs> the week before I went to see Brokeback Mountain, and, like, I said that I really liked it, and it had some really good, like, cinematography. But at the time, it was, you know, 2005, so people were, like, still really homophobic and stuff. and like he Yeah, was, and you are in high saying, school. Yeah, he was basically saying <laughs> I was gay for liking that film but not liking uh, <laughs> King Kong. gay for not liking King Kong. <laughs> so that's, like, always stuck with and me a little can, you bit. You should have with turned him
0: and be like, you're King a racist <laughs> for liking King Kong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so the some reason well, that yeah. stuck
1: with me about the film. Uh, and it's not why I haven't <laughs> gone back to watch it. I haven't gone back to watch it because it's way too long. And I'm not it interested. It's fucking long. These the long ass movies. Yeah. The, the 2017 reboot Kong Skull Island. Like I, I watched it the other night off of your, like you said, your recommendation. I had a blast watching it, to be honest. Oh, I, good. Okay. So we'll quickly talk about, because we're going to get to it, but like. I feel like we can skip over it later, but the 2014 Godzilla, I was really hyped for that when it came out, and I remember like there was a lot of hype about mm. how they were treating it. Like Gareth Edwards was like, "Oh, I want to do it like Jaws, where you know the monster." Like I was all for that, where the monster doesn't get revealed immediately. Like we just add a little bit more mystique, yeah, yeah, back to it. But then when it yeah. actually played off, I was just like, "Fuck, this is not a Godzilla film." Like <laughs>
0: you know, like no. there's that movie was bullshit. It yes. was all fucking tea. Yeah, it was
1: very and boring.
0: You don't give a shit about anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, it was boring. So
1: to turn it turn on Kong Skull Island and mind you, I didn't know until recently that they were even supposed to be connected with this legendary monster verse, I had yeah. been really out of tune. No no interest really. Yeah, yeah. Um so I had been kind of out of tune and It's a baby Kong. Yeah. And Kong like like immediately appears at the very beginning. And it's like, so action packed.
0: They don't make you wait.
1: They don't make you wait. They take away the stupid story. Like that. We've, that's been done a thousand times with Kong as well. it's just like these people, there's a little bit of element to it with, because obviously like Brie Larson's character sort of like has this connection with them, but there's no, like he doesn't try to snatch her. It's just like, he has Mm -hmm. this respect with her because she tries to help other creatures on his island and he doesn't like the humans going there and destroying things and it's like really hit island yeah Yeah. it's a really nice story it's told with a really good pacing it feels like a fucking avengers film really and that's probably why it like kind (laughs) of works because they just use that like let's put a bunch of awesome people in it like like tons of people that you love from all yeah, these different people. Tom films Hiddleston,
0: Samuel Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Go I mean, you're right. It's all, it's a whole Marvel cast. Yeah. Fucking Captain Marvel <laughs> and Nick Fury yeah. and Loki. Yeah. It's nuts. And the guy from Step Brothers.
1: Yeah. And he's playing the character from Step Brothers, basically. And that's what makes it work. John C. Riley <laughs> is, it's yeah. a goof. It's really fun. Like, I was enjoying John Riley so much. And I thought it was so sweet at the end when he gets to just like, watch the yeah. cubs game with his his fucking hot dog and his beer and he meets his fl- his wife and his Beautiful. kid and it's it's great it's great i have to say that i it made me excited for you know godzilla vs. kong and i was just like all right that's I'm, the
0: only reason i'm excited it's cuz of that interested. movie <laughs>
1: yeah i'm interested now so before we move on to the next part of this let's do a quick snack time Thought it was alright, you thought it was over. But now you're having snack time in lockdown. Three point snack time. It's snack time. Now snack time snack time in lockdown. Three point It's snack time. It's snack time. time. Now snack time. All right, so Phil, we're sitting here. We're, we have like massive monster films and we have, you know, Kong. We just got done with that. It's a story of exploration. So I had to go <laughs> on my own little journey to all my local little off licenses and corner shops trying to find the ultimate snack needed for today. What sound would your body make if King Kong or Godzilla stepped on you? <laughs> flat <laughs> or maybe how about crunch, <laughs> crunch. <laughs> I have a very good stuff. Nestle crunch bar now this is twofold mm-hmm. why I have this because one your, your body would go crunch if you got stepped on but two yeah. because it's one of my favorite candy bars from childhood and uh, when I was a kid back in the 90s The crunch bar now like uh, broke, it broke in half. But as you can see, it says crunch, it says crunch on it. So in the nineties, uh, there was crunch bars in America that were be that were released in celebration with universal studios, which owned the King Kong character and they had the King Kong ride and all that. They also owned jaws and all that sort of stuff. So there's all these cool rides and stuff. And these special bars, I think it was almost like a the Wonka bar, like where you had like a ticket inside and you could win, you know, mm. a trip to Universal Studios. And on each Ooh. bar for these, they had special edition bars that had like the image of King Kong on it and the image of Jaws and, That's <laughs> and <so> ET. Cool. <laughs> really cool shit. So I thought, like, I'll tell that dumb story. I might post some photos of. Of that as well. And uh yeah. I'll enjoy my favorite candy bar. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had a crunch.
0: <laughs> it's I so good.
1: It. It's so nice. They it's like a, it's like a great chocolate taste by Nestle and then you know sort of crispy rice sort of crunch to it.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. So good. Sounds good.
1: Five out of five. Uh what?
0: Wow.
1: Five out of five.
0: What where are we um, going? What's our scale? Like Godzilla tail whips
1: <laughs> Five out of five Godzilla <laughs> tail whips. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you What do you have?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of boring in comparison to you But you know, we're talking monster movies It could only be one thing. And I'm bringing back a classic, monster munch. Here we go. Yeah. Classic monster munch, pickled <laughs> onion flavor. They got, they got the little monster pod thing. You know, they look like monster feet. I don't know. Yeah, but it's got a monster in it. We're talking monster movie, and they're great. I'm gonna take a bite. These are ultra crunchy, known for the crunch. Mm. Lovely. <laughs> you know that flavor. If not everyone's cup of tea. I remember Ari not liking it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Because that was a really, really early snack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I love it. It's distinctly British.
1: How many boulders upside King Kong? Oh, Bald- sorry. <laughs> how, how many boulders upside Godzilla's head? <laughs> Are you giving it? You get,
0: I, I give it? I give it a full five. Yeah. Again, it's a rare treat for me. I rarely have Monster munch, munch, and when I do, I'm like, "Fuck, these are good," and I like the flavor weird pickled onion in the flavor mm-hmm. and the crunch. It they're like airy and crunchy at the same time. It's satisfying. Yeah, and you know, and they're funny. They're funny looking. I'm more the fan of funny shaped crap.
1: They're great. I love Monster Munch. Mm. Perfect snacks. Perfect snacks here. Good job, bro. <laughs> we killed
0: it. Yeah. Good job to us.
1: We've had a story of exploration, but now we move across the Pacific to the archipelago nation of Japan, who in 1954 were picking themselves up from post-World War II occupation by the United States. After being on the receiving end of two atomic bombs and watching their vast empire fall, Japan lived in fear of the horrific memories of nuclear war. Meanwhile, the U.S. continued testing nuclear weapons in the Bikini Atoll of Marshall Islands, around 4,600 kilometers away from Japan. On the 1st of March, 1954, the United States detonated Castle Bravo, a thermonuclear hydrogen bomb, which, to this day, is the most powerful nuclear device the U.S. has ever tested. Unfortunately, on the very same day, a Japanese tuna fishing vessel called the Daigo Fukuriyo Maru, or the Lucky Dragon 5, was catching fish more than 80 miles outside of the danger zone that the US had declared surrounding the Bikini Atoll. Little did they know, the Castle Bravo device was two times more powerful than anticipated, and changing weather patterns blew Fuck. nuclear fallout in the form of fine ash outside the danger zone. On the day... The fishermen who received no warning of the testing weren't damaged by the blast. They said that the sky had lit up like a sunset, and several hours later, radioactive dust showered down on their ships. Unsure of what the powder was, some of the fishermen collected the dust with their hands and even slept with souvenir packets under their pillows. Oh, hours after, the men started to get sick and attributed it to the ash, which they started to call Shi no Hai or death ash. Two weeks later, the men returned to Japan with hair loss, skin burns, headaches, nausea, dizziness, and diarrhea, all symptoms of radiation poisoning. Their catch of tuna and shark had also been found to be contaminated, resulting in two tons of fish buried instead of sold, creating a panic and crashing Japan's fishing industry temporarily. A furious Japan looked to the U.S. to pay reparations, but the United States downplayed responsibility. That was until six months later when the first of the 23 fishermen affected died in hospital due to secondary infection from radiation poisoning. Finally, the U.S. agreed to pay Fucking the Japanese government $2 million to settle the incident, but refused to accept culpability. The incident shook Japan to its core and inspired a large anti-nuclear petition led by many Japanese citizens while also contributing to the creation of one of the most iconic monsters in cinema history, Gojira.
0: It's interesting, because we're returning to this. Because this is very much the same vein that Akira made it. Yeah. they tapping into the same sentiment. And that's in the 80s, and you know, that still very much alive. And that was like a warning to not repeat the date of the past. And Godzilla's like fresh. It's like, yeah, not even a few years after those incidents. You know,
1: yeah.
0: Very pressing, from like one that is like, <laughs> From going from King Kong, which is debatable whether you know they were trying to say anything, but it, whatever it, is, it may not be very good, with this, which is very intentionally a allegorical tale and it was politically very you know prescient and yeah, and Godzilla's filled with like imagery that just evokes the recent horror in Japan, yeah, you know, it's like full of. Like everywhere, Godzilla goes. It's like you're people, and you go. No, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. But that is oh. the biggest thing that sticks with you. Yeah, with Godzilla, absolutely. Is the that story?
1: Yeah, it wears. It's like, it's hard on its sleeve. It's political message on its sleeve. It's like there. It's out there in the open. It's like showing you. And of course, we're talking about the 1954 Gojira. Japan is thrown into a panic after several ships explode and are sunk near Odo Island. A expedition to the island led by paleontologist Professor Kyohei Yamani, played by the legendary Takashi Shimura, soon discovers something more devastating than imagined in the form of a 50-meter tall prehistoric atomic heat-breathing monster called Gojira, awoken from its slumber due to the hydrogen bomb testing by the United States. After the monster begins a rampage that threatens to destroy Japan, the country turns to Navy diver Hideto Ogata, played by Akira Takarada, who is gorgeous, and the reclusive scientist Dr. (laughs) Surizawa, who is played by Akito Hirata, to kill the monster. So it's the original 1954 Japanese kaiju film directed by Ishiro Honda, You've already sort of started with your hot takes, so I won't really jump in directly with our hot takes out the game because we're already <laughs> in it. We're ready. We're in it because this film is so different. Like you said, it is like completely different in tone. It's amazing. Like I'll, we'll obviously get into I, I, I didn't like we had a bunch of films that we were trying to watch for this. And I like started weeks and weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, the original King Kong and then this film the original Gojira and then the next film we're gonna talk talk about briefly but then we were also like hopping on and watching some of the newer films and stuff as well yeah yeah um, so there's a lot going on when we were prepping for this episode but like the tone of this film man it's like <laughs> it's insane man it's like it's so it's this film is really good it's really fast as well. A lot happens in it at the beginning and stuff. And I just didn't know about that whole story <laughs> that I really, t- I just told as well. I didn't know about it. Like, and it kind of like I mm, a yeah, the sentiment of that makes a lot. Yeah. I knew about the sentiments of the, the nuclear, nucle- yeah. The nuclear, anti-nuclear horror, like the, like, cause there's quite a few films like that in Japan and it really shaped that country. The horrors of those nuclear bombs dropping in Japan and, uh, I just didn't know about that story with, in the bikini idol with the uh, lucky dragon, so it's like adds even more to it when I was doing the research for this, and it just like felt me with so much like just like anger and like just uh, sadness and stuff. Mm. And
0: this is the dark. This is the fucking dark movie, man. Like yeah. and and like you said, we were kind of pushing to watch a bunch of stuff, rewatch stuff. Yeah, and. This, unfortunately, I kind of, I feel like I rushed through my my watch of this, so I may forget some details. I want to, like, go back and watch it properly. But it's, I, I, I knew this is how Godzilla started in this kind of movie. I didn't realize how different it was from, like, the B movie that would not sort of follow. Yeah. It's, it's such a dark and dour Godzilla, empty, bad guy. And I like when they just do that, and it's just them trying to take down this thing. And it's mm-hmm. a bad guy they've created, you know, he's awakened yeah. by the H-bombs and shit. It's just more palpable. It's like it has a body count, this movie, and it's very somber with the destruction that Godzilla brings and the death he brings. Yeah. Like this is, this. this is the consequence. This is nature fighting back. This is our and Hubert coming back to kill us. Mm-hmm. And even just the way it's, Done again. I was expecting it to be silly because I've only seen the sillier versions of Godzilla with a guy in a rubber suit. And this is still a guy in a suit, but it's this it's photographed beautif- beautifully and like gorgeous, like old school black and white film. And they do that smart thing like every good monster movie where they shroud him in darkness and mystery and rain and only show what they need to and make him look larger he is constantly and yeah. it just it hit home in a in a way that godzilla never had this is like the scariest i've ever he'd never been that character never been because the yeah. next movie yeah. is wildly different and even and then after that i've only <laughs> yeah. seen it after after that i've only seen a couple of the later japanese one and the more crazy one
1: yeah
0: and then the American one have seen and it just it all none of that had come close to this version and I think it's because it's tied up in such real tragedy and it should have been yeah. silly it shouldn't have worked but because mm-hmm. it treated seriously it fucking works
1: yeah definitely I mean like when you say it's like yeah there is a bit of the nature thing coming back to haunt them but it's also just like uh it's it's just reliving the memories of the the atomic bombs in in japan like it's like those scenes of godzilla destroying things it's just like it's literally just like a recreation of like what Mm. those people had to have gone through when they were being bombed like in the war and i've read Mm. a couple of different takes about like it's you know it's this you know allegory on the horrors of nuclear war and a big anti-nuclear war and nuclear bomb testing, and just nuclear arms in general um, story, but also that is like a bit of a story about how the people of Japan gave their life and their empire was completely taken away from them, and they yeah. you know were left basically were being t- occupied by America, and you know Hirohito had like basically given up in the war and like let america come in and occupy and then basically create a democracy quote unquote for Japan but also creating this weird bureaucracy that came out of that basically to to stop them from being you know invaded by the soviets as well and it was just this big thing of fear and mm. felt like a lot of the people in Japan felt like they were left behind Uh, And that all the people who sacrificed their lives for the cause in Japan had like basically been written off and like it was like Mm. forgotten about in shame. And there's like this big sort of play of those two forces against each other. So it's like really interesting.
0: Mm. That's a lot of depth to like a monster movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. With the recent success of the 1952 re-release of the original King Kong. So it was... Interesting that these films are very much linked, like this film wouldn't exist Mm -hmm. without Kong. So the re-release of King Kong happens as well as the success of this 1953 American film called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. That's
0: a great title. (laughs) Yeah,
1: great name. Uh, It's all a fictional dinosaur released from a frozen hibernating state due to atomic bomb testings in the Arctic Circle. Sounds very familiar Mm. for a film that we're going to be talking about next. (laughs) Uh, Toho producer Tomiyuki Tanaka was inspired to create a giant monster film based on the events of the Lucky Dragon incident and the fears of the nuclear holocaust in Japan with an outline under the working title, The Giant Monster from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Tanaka (laughs) pitched the film to Toho executives and it was approved in April of 1954 after special effects director... Iji Tsuburaya agreed to do the film's effects. So this guy was basically the guy who helped invent the techniques for all these tokusatsu films in television shows. Um, basically like mm. the crazy special effects, which ties into like all the things like Godzilla films. And then also like Kaiju, all the other Kaiju monster movies, but he also invented Ultraman. <laughs> so like <laughs> this dude is legit.
0: So the original.
1: A few directors had passed up on the idea, calling the idea stupid. So Toho finally hired Ishiro Honda to direct the film, and the title of the project was shortened to Project G, which was just Project Giant, basically because they just still didn't have a name. Mm. Ishiro Honda, he had like, I, it's kind of interesting. Like he he worked a lot with Akira Kurosawa. Like he was like really good friends with him, especially like later mm. in his career. He like supervised on a lot of his films with him, but he also like started his career out as an assistant director on certain Kurosawa films. So it's kind of like an interesting oh, no. thing that, you know, he he would do all these like very serious movies, but then he would create this insane film that's so serious. But then like it just We'd turns, into, it, it just turns into such ridiculous a ridiculous franchise. franchise. Yeah. I think I have mm-hmm. a theory of how that happens, but I'll get to it in a bit. Okay. Tomoyuki Tanaka would hire Shigeru Kayama to write the story. He turns in 50 pages in 11 days and his treatment depicted the doctor basically wearing a cape and shades and only appearing out of his house at night. And Godzilla was a little bit more animal-like and he would only come to shore to feed on other animals. And he also had a Kong-like interest interest in females. So like a really nope. weird idea. <laughs> Try again. So Takeo Murata and Ishiro Honda would basically take this story and then they would turn it into this uh, screenplay and they wrote it within three weeks and they crafted it basically into the story of the film that we know today. They did a lot
0: lot of changes. (laughs) Kind of crazy. Mm. Yeah, that's a completely different movie.
1: Yeah, the original Gojira wasn't meant to be a fantasy blockbuster, though. It was like... It was meant to be the horror film. It was a symbol for thermonuclear mm. weapons as well as a victim. Ishiro Hondo explained he took the characteristics of an atomic bomb and he a- applied them to Gojira. And this resulted in early ideas for the monster, which at first it was a giant mutated octopus. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> Octopus, that's going to come back.
1: <laughs> yes. Really weird how all these early ideas come back later. Um, before settling on a dinosaur-like design, an early design by Kazuyoshi Abe uh, had Gojira basically looking more humanoid and mammalian-like, but he was still sort of like a dinosaur. But he had a mushroom cloud-shaped head. He basically just looked like a big penis. Really weird.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's a bomb. Yeah, but it looked like a penis. <laughs> no, it's a bomb. It's it's a mushroom okay. cloud you got to make it longer than, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These
1: designs were rejected, and the design we know today was created by uh, Tiezo Toshimitsu and Akira Watanabe under Iji Suburaya's, Suburaya's supervision. God, all these names, I'm so sorry. Based on combining elements of a Tyrannosaurus, Iguanodon, and the plates of a Stegosaurus. His skin texture was mm. modeled to be closely resembled the keloid scars of the Hiroshima bombing survivors, and his signature maneuver, the atomic heat beam, was generated by his nuclear mm. energy with inside the creature. And the name, Gojira, it's a portmanteau of the words, Godira, which is gorilla, and Kujira, which is whale. Gorilla whale. <laughs> it's yeah they they said that it was supposed to be based on that that's actually about right also it's rumored that it was a nickname they had for this hulking toho employee apparently who worked <laughs> he, just some big fucking dude who worked
0: on set like some dude who had like a brick shit house and they were like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> gorilla well <whale."> Godira. <laughs> gorilla well hey boy ishiro
1: honda's wife had like had said that's basically just like a rumor and these guys, you know, guys just talking shit really. But I don't know. I mean, that came up quite a bit when I was doing research. So originally Subaraya wanted the, you know, the effects to be like stop motion, like Willis O'Brien's King Kong creature. And he basically had to, because of cost had to settle on suit which is basically a man in a suit. So that's why Godzilla was a, a man in a suit. He made three clay models. They were sculpted based on what the suit was going to be supposed to look like. And then finally, the first Godzilla suit was constructed using thin bamboo sticks and wire to build a frame for the interior of the suit and added metal mesh and cushioning over it to bolster its structure. And finally, they applied a bunch of coats of latex and then coats of molten rubber were applied, followed uh, by a carved indentation of strips of latex. (laughs) glued onto the surface to create this skelly hide. It sounds be- like bonkers, really crazy. And this suit weighed 220
0: pounds. Jesus. I mean, that's good though. You need the weight to it. It needs to like be sort of difficult to maneuver. Yeah. It can't, it, it can't be this guy like <laughs> skipping down the road, yeah. which just kind of feels like the problem in the later films. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But it essentially was impossible to move in. So they mm. basically split this suit in half.
0: So there was like we'll shoot from this side, and then we'll shoot from the other side.
1: That's kind of what they did. They cut it like in half from the waist, it seems, and they had like basically the top half for close-up shots. Oh, and it okay. looked amazing. And then for the yeah. bottom half, the so the guy the guys in the suits would wear these like Basically things with, like, suspenders, almost, like, to keep up the, the pants. Like a
0: clown outfit and, like, big <laughs> yeah. pants. Yeah. Big Godzilla pants. Yeah. And then
1: they crafted a new, more mobile version of the suit for full body shots. Lighter. Hyrule Nakajima and Katsumi Tetsuka, who were chosen to perform in the Godzilla suit due to their strength and their endurance. I guess there were some big dudes that were able to handle it. But mm. they were falling over in the original suit like <laughs> it was just really hard. I can't fucking
0: see. Yeah. I feel like a goddamn garbage pal kid.
1: Dude, seriously, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> like these guys, they were only able to be in the suit for three minutes before passing out. <laughs> is what
0: I read. Oh my god. Yeah, not very familiar.
1: Nakajima lost twenty pounds during filming, and often the crew <laughs> had to drain a cup of sweat out of the suit after each take.
0: Oh, that must
1: stank! Yeah, it's a mixture of garbage pail kids and like the onion head suit from, <laughs>
0: from <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking Slimer from from yeah. uh, Ghostbusters. Just really stinky. That's- oh, man, yeah. it, it sounded horrible, but I mean it does look bad. It It does look crazy. How different, like the original Godzilla looks
0: Godzilla's roar. Yes. Yeah, tell me, I love the roar. They don't use it. I mean, they use it so much in the next film that we're going to talk about. Like oh, <laughs> yeah. like every time he moves, Over the top. <laughs> but genuinely, I love it. I love that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't buy. I have no idea what it did.
1: Yeah. So, The recording artists, initially, they used like multiple roars from various large animals, kind of like the way they created like King Kong's roar. These recordings just ended up sounding a little too much like their animal counterparts and they were unused. So it was the film's composer, Akira Ufukube, who decided to create the war with instruments. Ufukube rubbed a leather glove through the loosened lower strings of a contrabass And altered the pitch and the speed of the recording until the final roar was conceived. So it's just Um, like a weird effect.
0: It's a great effect. And it doesn't sound like anything. It sounds only like Godzilla's Roar, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, like, we're already
1: talking about Akira Ufukube, so we should just go ahead and talk about the score for this film. Because even better than like i thought the king kong score was amazing it was really cool but my god the like godzilla music was awesome so fucking awesome (laughs) so awesome yeah Yeah, the iconic theme that's just playing throughout the film and that's just become like the main the main theme for the whole entire godzilla franchise it's just so yeah amazing never
0: really been changed
1: yes Most of the film was shot on the Toho lot with some of the island scenes shot in the Shima Peninsula. Toho agreed with Japan's self-defense forces to film scenes with the military. But for some portions of the filming, they were just really uncooperative un- un- and the uh, filmmakers basically had to use World War II stock footage sourced from these 16 millimeter prints, which is, like, you could kind of tell because it does look you slightly different tell. some of those shots, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, mind you, this is like... Mm. Just after occupation ended, Japan wasn't allowed to have like a proper military, but America allowed them to have this self-defense forces. And like mm. these guys probably just did not want to have anything to do with this bullshit. Like you know, these guys <laughs> making this monster movie.
0: So it's I'm pretty done. funny that yeah. they got
1: a little bit. You out see of how much
0: there. that guy is sweating? I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah. They have to drain him.
1: Oh man, the ending to this movie is amazing as well. So you have basically the the prayer for for peace at the end of the film. You know, with all the schoolgirls yeah, singing, yeah.
0: which is really haunting.
1: Really haunting. It was like two thousand schoolgirls from an all all girl high school were used to sing that song at the end of the film. Cool. It's like really fucking haunting. Like,
0: yeah, God, this film's just amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I found it. And the ending it I, I find haunting. I mean it's a sad ending. You have Shiratara developing this weapon that yeah. he insists on dying with and it's a it, it's like an oxygen destroyer thing. It's yeah. like it's just the idea of it the way they want to kill Godzilla, and it it it's just really like traumatic and it's really like sort of, it feels cruel and it's like and it's dangerous and it's like it plays into this idea of escalation it's like if i use this you know other people would want me to use this
1: yeah you know, get and they would wrong it ends. would go
0: from there yeah. and like they want the whole movie movie ends on the warning of like you know godzilla may be gone for now but it's like if we keep doing this keep fucking around with nuclear weapon there'll just be another one and then another one. Yeah. Or the same mm-hmm. one that's suddenly a good guy. I don't know. They didn't know what would happen, but that's eventually what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's a really good point. It's right? iconic because the ending of the film, yeah, like with that device, I mean, that is, I mean, it's it's like, it is, that in itself is sort of haunting, like the whole idea of it. Because, I mean, just think about the people who like split the atom, like, you know, exactly, you, or
0: invented gunpowder okay. or whatever.
1: Yeah, you're like you're creating this thing that you think is going to be used like for things that could be, you know, good like nuclear energy in general. Like, like people think, oh, well, this could be good for energy, like uh, the future of energy, like. But then you know, it's it's obviously time and time again is like come to show that it's just like a very horrible thing, especially in the wrong hands or just in general for the use of like you know, nuclear energy, like the Fukushima disaster was not that long ago. And that really tied in a lot to the 2014 Godzilla film. So yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, the original film was released in Japan in November of 1954, making around $1.6 million in its initial release in Japan, uh, on a budget of around $275,000, like in American money. That's not bad. like, (laughs) (laughs) they make a pretty good amount of money like (laughs) yeah prior to the release skeptics predicted the film would flop and the film received mixed to negative reviews in japan actually uh with critics accusing the film of exploiting the widespread devastation the country had suffered during world war
0: ii that was the danger but i don't yeah I, i don't feel like that with that movie
1: I mean, obviously, it's hard to say because we're sitting here looking at it from the ideas and I feel like when I'm watching it, like there's that sense of guilt of being this like, you know, American who like grew up and like, you know, in America and never like there's not been like that kind of war on American soil like since the mm. Civil War. And even that it's like so repels mm. and can into comparison. I mean, there was a heavy body count during that, but there was like, it pales into compar- comparison to like horrors that the Japanese people would have to deal with from mm. nuclear bombs and yeah. how terrifying that must've been. For generations to come. For generations. Well. Yeah. And it's still like that country's still dealing with the effects of that. And, you know, and it's, it's horrible. And it's like, I'm I'm assuming like those people who were viewing it like in Japan must have just been like oh my god that's so like just it's like, too real like too know? soon too like real. what are you
0: doing yeah 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 exactly like we are living through this I don't need to see it on the big screen
1: yeah especially considering that the opening footage from Godzilla is literally like retelling of this horrible disaster with
0: the lucky dragon
1: the lucky dragon incident so. It was very fresh. Like that had happened earlier that year. So it was like <laughs> pretty horrible. Ishiro Honda lamented that year, like years later in the Tokyo Journal that they called it grotesque junk and, and said it looked like something you'd spit up. I felt sorry for my crew because they had worked so hard. Yeah, He stated that at the time they wrote things like this movie is absurd because such giant monsters do not exist. yeah no shit (laughs) perhaps what made Godzilla stand the test of time to become one of the most influential and iconic monster franchises of all time is that it follows a simple rule that makes like any monster in cinema memorable because it's based off of our real fears and the first critics that started to take the film seriously were American critics funny enough Mm -hmm. which you know caused the Japanese critics to start changing their tunes. The success of the Japanese box office, Saul Toho sell the uh, American rights to Joseph E. Levine for $25,000 who would present the U S audiences with Godzilla, King of the monsters, King of the Monsters, in April of 1956, which was a heavily edited version of the film that features Raymond yeah. Burr as a reporter named Steve Martin, interacting with body <laughs> Steve doubles. <Martin>.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's very Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, very Power Rangers. It's mixed in with the original film to make it seem like he was actually a part of the original production. Many of the political themes mm. were trimmed down, and it was the version that introduced the audiences worldwide to the legendary character and franchise. It made an additional $2 million on its release, and... It was only, it was basically the only version that critics and scholars had access to until 2004. Till 2004. That's when yeah. the original 1954 version was re released in select North American theaters. One good thing is that the King of the Monsters moniker became synonymous with, with Gojira in Japan after this. Yeah. But <laughs> it was released in Japan. This version was released in Japan the American later. Version. In, yeah, in the '50s with like Japanese subtitles, and it just kind of, I think influenced the franchise from there on out, which is very strange.
0: Yeah, no, I find it funny because I've you know in reading up about these movie, people, American filmmaker like Spielberg was a big fan of this version, King of the Monsters. Yeah, you know that's all said, there was. Though. What they direct inspiration <laughs> for Jurassic Park. Yeah, the only version. But that that it's interesting that. Not only the original influential, but even a like a badly translated, like watered down American version influential in both on both sides, and then for it to come back and Godzilla the Godzilla theory become closer to that movie, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah, So That's it's just strange how they they all play off each other and the identity of of Godzilla. Gets, uh, you know change it and evolve.
1: What makes it even more interesting is that the idea of of Godzilla or Gojira in Japan was like it was influenced by a really dumb monster movie in from America from the year before. Plus they decided to okay, let's add this very serious tone of like the horrors of nuclear war into this and create this really like like heartfelt serious toned like monster movie that's like terrifying and like horrific and just so special and amazing and brilliant but then it gets taken to america (laughs) and and americanized back into a dumb monster movie again and then that like comes back to japan and that's how they that's how they get sold to it that it's just uh, it's crazy it's really crazy so weird it's so strange it's just kind of like the whole thing, isn't it? It's just America, like fucking, fucking yeah, shit up Yeah, I mean, it's the whole
0: <laughs> fucking <laughs> shit up in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> you just never stop, can't get away with it. Oh my it's God. like this sleeping baby that's awakened and fucking just stamped on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's weird. But they again, like King Kong, again, their trajectory is similar. They're a Godzilla sequel. Godzilla raped again. Later. Yes, very quickly after, very quickly which after. I haven't seen, and I don't, and I don't know what it's like. Is it closer to King of the Monsters or is it closer to Godzilla.
1: Well, the thing is, like, because King of the Monsters didn't come out until like I think fifty six, and they basically created Probably Godzilla late. Rays again, again like trying to cash in, not miss out on the momentum of the f- the first film success. So they quickly made this second mm-hmm. film. Ishiro Honda, who directed a large portion of the Godzilla films, didn't even direct it. So it was just quickly made. Uh, so I'm not really sure. I think it probably has a mixture of the It's
0: like, him fighting another beat.
1: Yeah. It, I think. Basically they introduced yeah. a new, a new monster and it's the first time he like fights something else. But again this is a second member of the Godzilla species resurrected by a hydrogen bomb testing.
0: Okay so they still have that.
1: Yeah. I've not seen it but I from the reading on it it just sort of feels like it's kind of a mixture of like we've got this sort of bomb idea around it the whole Flat, like yeah. fear of the bomb but also like let's it's more of a monster fight movie like a kaiju film would become cuz they had this giant inkleosaurus called Ungirus or whatever that he
0: fights. It's really weird. It's weird because then eventually Godzilla becomes fucking defender of earth. And like, yeah. I, I do not even <laughs> know when that trajectory, when it happened, it happened slowly, but it happened because he just ended up fighting all these other monsters, starting with King Kong versus Godzilla. Cause aren't they, it's like, again, they're mirrored. It's like, you know, they have been, they're inspired by each other, but I like how they sort of mirrored each other. Yeah. Where it was like, they both had the first movie both mm-hmm. had a quick sequel and then both were dormant for a while King Kong much longer for like yeah. 30 years mm-hmm. Godzilla only maybe about 10 years and then they would come together and like redirect each other's franchises in, in a strange way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like we said from the get go, this is n- this new film. We're going to the fun bit. <laughs> we're going to the fun bit. So of course Godzilla, Big, huge, long running franchise nowadays, 30 plus films in Japan featuring kaiju monsters fighting all over the place with other great beasts. And there's, Mm. it's, it's insane. There's, and then all of those films had fucking spinoffs. And then some of them were, yeah, films that were created as a standalone that joined the Godzilla franchise. It's insane. Plus, take into account all the weird American releases. You have Roland Emmerich's Godzilla 1998,
0: (laughs) which I feel like one day we we can do.
1: We can do maybe a, a, a separate whole episode. Uh, episode on
0: It's not Godzilla.
1: Plus, <laughs> <laughs> we have the recent MonsterVerse series that's going on. Like we have mentioned already, Godzilla 2014. Not a big fan of. I didn't really yeah, enjoy it. Not a big saw fan. It. I was hyped for it. Really hyped for it. But I just wasn't a big fan of it. You know what I don't like is these goddamn monsters that they've created. These Mutos that have nothing to do with any of the creatures from the Godzilla franchise. Like, so these ran, like, I yeah. didn't like the,
0: des- I just don't I like think the they design didn't have, of them. They look weird. They were really generic. And I think it yeah. was, they didn't have any, they, I think, I don't think they had any right to any other, like a Toho or Kaiju at that point. They were like, you can do yeah. Godzilla and we'll see how you do with Godzilla. If you don't fuck yeah. it up, then maybe we'll give you more. And I think that I yeah. didn't watch it, but the next one, which again, weirdly enough, it mirrored Godzilla Tree. It's king of the monster. And I'm yes. pretty sure I haven't seen it again. Fucking Stranger Thing version of thing, <laughs> version of Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, and it. I'm pretty sure like Mothra and Rodan or King Ghidorah, they're all in. Yeah, you you have Ghidorah um, and, and Mothra for sure are in that. But it's like, but no Mechagodzilla. I'm pretty sure not yet. Fingers crossed.
1: Mechagodzilla
0: might be in Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> <laughs> if that dude, if that's what they're teaming up to fight. Take all my money. That sounds fucking great. But King of the Mountain was like the American, it, it was like 2014, was like a, a trying
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the surface, trying to be like the original, involving yeah. some of the same theme, but they're not working as well, you know. But people seem to like that one. And then King of the Mountain went full on B movie, and they're like, okay, yeah. sorry, yeah, you know you wanted fight hit all the fighty stuff, and apparently <laughs> it wasn't that good. But it, you could see the jump there. Um, yeah, and I think we're I think the whole I think it would have been a bigger lot build up if those had done better to Godzilla versus Kong because it feels like the ending of that.
1: Yeah, it seems like they don't even know like if there's a future ahead. It was all supposed to come together to Godzilla versus Kong, and
0: mm.
1: it's weird. Like like you said, because like it's it's weird how like the first one it is like the 2014 Godzilla. It was like relatively received well but then with Mm. king of the monsters it didn't get received well at all but then you have skull island which is like i think really fun and good and and it's in the same universe it's like there's all this sort of stuff with castle bravo and all that sort of stuff is tied in you know to the nuclear wars and blah 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 like there's a lot going on there and um where they're tying it all together and it's very interesting i'm kind of curious to see where they go but a thing that came up a lot in Kong Skull Island, and I know they did it, a, I don't know, not really, but slightly with Godzilla, was because Godzilla seemed like a little bit, especially towards the end of the film, they kind of heralded him as this hero who saved the day. But like
0: Kong... Yeah, immediately in the first movie. yeah,
1: And Kong, like was seen throughout the entire film as being a problem. Like Samuel Jackson's character wanted to fucking kill him so bad. And he didn't care. He's like, oh, I have weapons. I can take out these other fucking things that Kong is supposed to be saving this Island from as well. And possibly mm. the rest of the world. Fuck it. I, you know, I'll take them out too, but I'm taking out Kong. It's like really crazy. And mm. you know, it's, it's interesting how with these films, like what we're about to talk about, it seems like, Godzilla forever is sort of a thing that th- the country of Japan is fighting against and he keeps coming back to Japan mm. as well. It's like constantly, it's like they keep having to relive the horrors of like, you know, the nuclear war yeah, fucking thing just keeps coming back. So they keep kind of fighting it. It takes a long time for them to kind of take Godzilla like as the savior character. Cause for a long time, he's still seen as mm. like a thing that like, it's something they want to destroy like even with mothra coming like mothra was like more yeah. of a like this godlike creature who they were hoping was going to help them defeat godzilla <laughs> and then like he keeps nah. coming back he keeps coming back <laughs> yeah. um mecha the godzilla become
0: the metaphor for itself
1: yeah mecha godzilla was created to destroy godzilla so that's yeah. why i kind of feel like if godzilla versus kong they're fighting the wreaking havoc, creating so much chaos. Uh, of course the humans are going to want to destroy these things while you also have a pocket of humans who like really like them and want to keep them and save them and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, yeah. have connections to it. So it's like
0: animal rights activists. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Basically. But I feel like there's a the perfect opportunity to create Let them kiss. A, a mecha Godzilla character into this universe. And, uh, like to fu- to come and fight both of them, so Could they're we'll gonna
0: they're gonna join up. They're gonna fucking yeah. pull like a like a comic book move where it's like
1: yeah.
0: you're pitting two characters Vegeta. against each other. Exactly, <laughs> <Ignatically>, Batman <laughs> v Superman. You're never gonna you shouldn't you shouldn't answer yeah. that question because then you rub yourself of making more and you rob yourself of people having that argument forever and ever. Yeah, they're eventually gonna you know unite and fight a greater threat. And hopefully they're doing it in an interesting way. Um, yeah. I want to see how they pit each other, if they, if they just naturally fight or if they're forced to fight. Yeah. Like in the OG one. Well, speaking of which, story.
1: this is not the first time. Do that it. These two mammoth characters were going to do battle. We'll quickly end off this episode with a little bit of love for something that will be hard to fucking follow up on. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Oh no, for there is a legendary first encounter depicted in the 1962 follow-up to Godzilla Raids Again called King Kong vs. Godzilla, directed by Ishiro Honda. The project for this, actually, and this blew my mind, began with a story outline devised by King Kong stop-motion animator Willis O'Brien, the man who created the legendary Kong. It was an idea in which Kong was supposed to battle a giant Frankenstein monster. (laughs) (laughs) O'Brien gave the idea to a producer named John Beck for development. Behind O'Brien's back, and without his knowledge, Beck gave the project to Toho and this is how Toho gets her hands on the Kong character to produce the film and Toho replaced the giant Frankenstein monster with Godzilla and scrapped O'Brien's original story
0: that's funny that's where it started <laughs> yeah, wasn't it like um wasn't that like King Kong versus Prometheus or something like that yeah a title like yeah. That?
1: King Kong versus Prometheus. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean King Kong versus Godzilla is the better idea.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. This movie is like insane. So okay, at the end of Godzilla raids again, Godzilla basically he feeds this anguirus like ankylosaurus character, and he's buried in an avalanche by missiles fired from jets, and he's sort of left there until King Kong versus Godzilla, which very much you know is similar to the original idea the the beast from twenty thousand fathoms this like creature stuck Fathom. in the arctic st- circle and then you have
0: like the submarine crashes into an iceberg and yeah. then it awakened and then country.
1: they they sort of like re remake god uh, sorry they sort of remake king kong as well in the film with like this weird ass they like, do TV which I show. thought was really interesting yeah it's really strange
0: yeah but they have they have the moment with you know him on the building and him holding the girl and it's weird like they do like a little remake of King Kong right in the middle of King Kong (laughs) it it makes sense for the plot but it's like it's fucking all over the place it's
1: so all over the place but I have to say this was the most fun I've had in the longest time watching a movie I was laughing from the start to finish enjoying myself so much (laughs) and I was telling you I was just like message you I was like dude don't tell me anything but like I really hope you enjoy this because I had so much fun
0: watching this, and I hope you enjoy it too dude <laughs> dude, and you were absolutely right this is it was the most fun I've had watching something at least for the podcast <laughs> in a long time yeah. i had I was surprised how much I enjoyed it i I guess I knew what I was in for and then for like a more you know, campy cartoonish fair than yeah. the original. Um, and I wanted to see two guys in suit fight and I knew it'd be kind of, you know, it, it, they, I was ready for it to be not that great, but it was such a good time. Yeah. I like really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> like I was surprised and I was happy to be surprised. I was happy to be watching it. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed how they used both characters, how they, it would like it was never boring. It had this great sort of uh, frame, the television report frame that yeah. they keep cutting back to, to like give you the details of what's happening. But like Godzilla is awakened, and you see him like tearing apart a little village, and then they go a separate plot line leads a bunch of people, which is so funny and very problematic. Um, the you know group awakening Kong at the same time and there's action over there, and then they finally meet. And then up torn away again, and then it all builds to a. It's so it's genuinely really exciting. They like, you know, they make you wait for the full fight, but <laughs> yeah. it's worth the wait. Yeah, when it happens, it's so amazing. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, like ultimate so bad good. <laughs> yeah. It just fall good again. It
1: yeah, it would exactly it was fun. It's, it's a so fun absurd. Movie. It's like because they have a mini it's fight in between action. Yeah. They have this like mini. Yeah, he like burned. Yeah, and he like, burns. And Godzilla like,
0: burnt him, and God, Kong's just nope. like,
1: oh, nah, fuck this.
0: And he just runs out. I love that. Like Kong's
1: always like running, and his arms are flailing. Kong with in his the wavy air.
0: arms.
1: <laughs> his arms are. He got that so, Freddy Krueger
0: thing. What? Yeah, they're ridiculously long. Why are they so long? <laughs> Why did they give that guy extra arm? Because there are close-ups when yeah. he got his normal arms, because he had to use the fingers and shit, and that looks fine. It it lo- only yeah. looks weird when he has suddenly really long arms that and he's doing this. It's like he got brooms for hands, mm-hmm. you know, like he like like three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. sort of yeah. it's so
1: absurd. I think you watch. So you watch the Criterion cut, right? Like where it had the American um, dub. Is that the version you watched? Yeah, that's
0: the version I watched because I, I couldn't I couldn't find the original, and I I thought I thought there wasn't. Much different, so I thought I was okay to watch that one.
1: Yeah, I did watch the Japanese version, so there was it was a little less probably cutting back to like the um, the TV sort of side to things, but there was a lot of that in in the Japanese cut. It was like so basically the whole idea was they wanted to send it was for this nature show to send them to this island to like get this legendary creature they weren't really sure what was supposed to be there but they kind of wanted to see what was going on for their show to have this sponsor and they find kong and they're like well we're going to bring him to japan and he's going to be the sponsor for our like tv show and it's so confusing so crazy about so this confusing. movie it's like
0: it's like a guy who it's like a fr- it's, it's a pharmaceutical company yeah. who want like a yeah. mascot yeah. like why is that the plot <laughs> why so is that bizarre. the thing that awakens king kong and you know he sees godzilla and he's like i'm sick of godzilla i want my own month
1: yeah
0: um so and i don't know weird. if the lines are similar in 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 the japanese version but it's such a weird read like that was the best reason you could think of yeah to get it's him out it makes and it's a different sense. version of kong yeah because it's like it's not skull island it's the pharaoh island and they go there and it yeah it's weird over there man they just the the tribe people and the fucking <laughs> yeah. bribing them with cigarettes and yeah. and then Ka- Kong is weird like Godzilla I think looks pretty good you know in colour and stuff he looked okay but King Kong looks really fucking weird it yeah it's like the suit just <laughs> doesn't really work especially with the extra long arm but then they do when it's a close up they do like stop motion animation to its face so it's like a really Weird, or I think it did. It looked like it.
1: It's so bizarre, and it just—it's
0: like a really yeah. weird mix of visual of of effect, and the whole <laughs> movie. It's a weird way to get them to fight. Yeah, like, and they have to force them to fight because, like you said, know, they meet in the middle, and Godzilla like, Qu- quickly gets rid of King Kong, and he's like, okay, and then so King Kong like goes on a little rampage and. Climb the building and they have to bring him down. They have to drug him yeah. again. There's a lot of drugging in this movie. He it's so really weird. Drugging. <laughs> um, and then they, and then, but then they're like the only thing that can defeat Godzilla is King Kong. So we need them to fight. And they like tie him to a bunch of balloons <laughs> yeah. and like just <laughs> and float him there and just float him over there. And they just drop him and then yeah. they fight. And it's I think the stuff in this that I think they're going to use in the new one, especially with like electricity, yeah, powering yeah. King Kong. King Kong is you know, like a, the electric act yeah. in the new movie. He's basically a Pokemon. Like a he's he's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's an electric type Pokemon. It's so funny. Like he just yeah. like is powered yeah. by electricity. You need the water so type funny.
0: Pokemon. <laughs> <to fight. laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's so yeah. Funny. I don't know how
0: how different the Japanese one is. Yeah. Well, like I, really I wasn't though.
1: sure how like they explain things in the American version because I kind of f- forgot that like you were watching that that version and I for ease of streaming it to my TV I watched this other version that had like a cast option so yeah like I, I watched that version and it they it just felt like everything was like it just like they would say okay let's use the berries from from the island that we have great yeah and then two seconds later so they weird. already have the weapon and it's like it's like everything happens so easily for they them. They just tie
0: it to a rocket.
1: Yeah, they're just like, okay, yeah. let's uh, let's let's lift them with balloons. I'll get the helium. It's like, all right, cool. It just happens. It's so easy. It's so funny. They essentially so get
0: Kong, like drunk. Yeah, <laughs> like in the could they use it first? I think they discover it by accident. Could he just pick it up? Yeah, after Octopus. The octopus fight is actually great. Yes. It's a real, octopus, <laughs> a real octopus. Just destroying all these miniatures. <laughs> and again, a guy in a suit shows up and he just throws rock, yeah. throws fucking boulders <laughs> at this octopus. But immediately after that, he just starts drinking the like cherry juice or whatever and he passes it out. So they're like, oh, it makes him yeah. sleepy. <laughs> it's really weird. It, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. The fight at the end is so great too because like, Godzilla just
0: beats Bad the brakes
1: off of King Kong at first. Like, there's a couple of cool moves. Like, beat the shit out of him. But like, yeah, he just beats him up. The Godzilla, drop kick. Yeah, the like drop kick. He drop kicks him. King Kong throws rocks at him a few times, but then he just like he drop kicks him, and then he just starts throwing like kicking boulders, and they're like hitting King Kong in the he face. buried him. And then he buries him. Yeah, <laughs> he's smashing just like, him in the head every time with his uh, with his tail as yeah. well. Just tail whipping him. It's so it was funny. So-
0: it was so hardcore, and then he does, and he just stands over him and he uses an atomic breath and sets him on fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, he's gonna kill him. This would really easy. And then, luckily enough, an electrical storm passes by, <laughs> shot Kong, and my man does the fucking Undertaker setup, <laughs> and then just fucking jumps on Kong. <laughs> Can, and, like, like suplexes <laughs> beat the shit out of him yeah <laughs>
1: it's so funny
0: and then it's just like throwing, fucking. like he's doing like stone cold punches. Yeah. you know
1: like the original Great. guy like sorry the original king kong definitely did a few wrestling maneuvers i think willis o'brien was like a um was a former boxer and stuff so he like was influenced to give him a couple of wrestling maneuvers but like yeah, yeah. this was beyond it was like Thank you, America. You brought us pro wrestling and we're going to uh have these crazy monsters fight each other <laughs> like go nuts with it. It's but it's so, so weird because he'll
0: do a move on Godzilla and his tail like bends over, <laughs> yeah. bends underneath them, and it's like, oh, they're just guys in rubber suit to completely like yeah. demystified the whole situation. But, but I love it's it. Amazing <laughs> as well. Yeah. I love it. Like the, the fight eventually it starts in like the mountains and then it goes into the into Tokyo, I think, and they're like fighting around the tower, and it's just crumbling between yeah. them. And every step they take, it's destroying building. And eventually, they they crash exactly into the sea, into the ocean yeah. and stuff. But yeah, they crash into the sea, and then there's no real. You no, know, it's sort of there's a winner, but it's sort of open ended. Yeah, it's really open ended. And I wanted to arc because you watch a Japanese version, and I heard a rumor that the ending is different. In the japanese
1: version i'm glad you brought that up because that is a that is just a rumor it ends basically the same i oh, think okay. the only thing that changed in the american version was that they like they like really hammered up the fact that it was sort of like an earthquake or something that happens when they fall into the sea
0: they added yeah. more footage yeah so
1: what think, actually I think, yeah. well i mean basically what just happens is like they go in and you see kong swim away and yeah there's a rumor, I think, yeah. that the Japanese version Godzilla wins. And Godzilla is lost. It's not true. I mean, that the it's sort of like a stalemate you though, hear it because roar. they basically say that, like, yeah. that Godzilla basically isn't defeated. Like, the, the the guys in the Japanese version are like, oh, Godzilla will probably be back. <laughs> like,
0: you know, it's like. Yeah, cool. that's essentially how it ends. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He doesn't look dead. So, that
1: film was released on the 11th of August of 1962, making $10 million on, on a $620 million budget and becoming the most attended Godzilla film to date. It's the reason for Toho continuing to release more and more Godzilla films. And Toho also made... I
0: blame this movie. A
1: 1967 film with King Kong called King Kong Escapes, or King Kong's Counter-Attack, it's like, depending on which version you're watching because it also came to America but yeah unbelievable man unbelievable I had a blast doing this and like we have been doing this whole reboot month um this entire month just talking about <laughs> there we go talking about like films that are getting rebooted and sequels and stuff and this is the one where I felt like we've been more receptive to because it's something that I feel like I don't have like a great like I, I love these films so much but I think at the same time they been done quite a few times, and I feel like um, the original story for King Kong wasn't like perfect anyway. It's just like it was a groundbreaking film for the time, but it always lent itself to be improved upon because of the time that it was made and the story and the effects and all that sort of stuff. Um, And Godzilla's had 30 plus films, so it's like, of course, who cares there? (laughs) It's like... I had no care about Godzilla versus Kong until, like, I watched Skull Island recently, and now I'm kind of like, I'm really, See? yeah, I'm on board. I'm interested. I'm I, d- from- I don't think they're going to be able to top King Kong versus Godzilla from Japan in 1962. Me neither. But
0: that's the gold standard. If it, along the, you know, <laughs> something different. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Like, I don't. They can't. They can't top it.
0: I don't know. They've already, they've already had to cheat it. They've already had to cheat it. You know, <laughs> yeah. with the the side and the monster, the sort of fought together. Yeah. Um. Keep making them bigger, yeah, and bigger.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're closing up here. This is the last week of Reboot Moon. I've had fun doing this. I, you know, in this one, I I feel like we're we're fine with them. I'm assuming you're fine with it, right? They're they're making. This
0: film, it's... Oh, yeah, I'm down. It's funny oh, to I'm end on one that we're it. kind like, of, like, think,
1: fine with, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm genuinely excited. It's a shame that it's coming out. Like, I'm glad they just... I just just released the movie. I, you know, like, people will watch them. But it's, like... You know, this is one I would have liked to have seen in the cinema. Yeah, one made to be in the cinema. It's going to be forever worse watching it at home. Yeah, when you can stop and question it every time something stupid happens. Where Blockburn are not to be watched in a cinema where you are forced to sit there and suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. and let the stupidity wash over you and just let it be a good time. <laughs> um, but the movie does look like a fun time. How can you not like it? Godzilla vs. Kong. With all the money thrown into it, mm-hmm. with all the you know amazing visual effect money can buy, and it looked fucking ridiculous. And I'm yeah, I'm down. I'm down for it. I, I don't think that's going to be a winner. I think it will be like them teaming up to fight Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, but who who do you think would win in a fight? That's a I think that's question. how we end this. Godzilla versus Khan. Who who? What's your money on in any form? Yeah. With the new version or the old version. Like, Kong
1: obviously has uh, a lot of strength and opposable thumbs and uh, more <laughs> yeah, more ability to be able to like fight and be flexible maneuver and maneuver and, and all that.
0: Breath of them and
1: shit. But Godzilla has like that heat beam and unfortunately it's the atomic breath. The atomic thing. breath, unfortunately, I think is going to trump King Kong. I mean, we've seen Kong. King Kong
0: is flammable, so
1: I've you know we've seen Kong like you know get set on fire in Skull Island as well. So you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but I'm with you. We I don't, don't think there's going be a winner. How about you? Yeah. Who's your money
0: on? If Kong actually a I'm fight? a monkey man. I said at the beginning. Monkey man.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, a monkey I think it's King
0: Kong. King Kong man. with a way. He, he could have fucking German suplex that yeah. fucking dinosaur right on his head and just, be, just fucking mash his <laughs> head in with a fucking baseball bat. Yeah. And he'll be done. King Kong hit King Kong his little arms. What the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> he just jumped over the tail and wham. Yeah. But yeah, the atomic breath is hard to uh, argue with. Yeah. But that, I just want to see the fight. I just want to fucking destroy a bunch of shit. That's all I want to see. It's a it's a tradition that I am more than happy to be part. Of. Yeah,
1: like the yeah, monster yeah. movie Monsters. thing.
0: Yeah, King and that's Kong the thing. and Godzilla. Like, I like going in and watching them.
1: Yeah, like I feel like there's no there's really like his like literally, ladies and gentlemen, go out of your way if you can get your hands on the Criterion version. <laughs> there is a website online, like I said, that I easily found King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962. Go out of your way to watch it. To watch it, it is very very fun it's very fun I mean, if you've not seen it go watch it it's so fun i had a blast watching it it's really fun but um yeah. i feel like there's nothing that like feels like with these films and i've already said this sort of already but like it feels so precious that i t- like these films are meant to be continuously no. made and told in different ways and built upon and create like such a legacy about that it's kind of fine and i'm happy to be a part of it as well so I'm kind of stoked for it because after a couple of letdowns with like the Godzilla films, like Skull Island's really fun and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where they go with it. I think Kong can really make it a little bit more interesting whereas Godzilla is more of a interesting story for the people who are involved whereas Kong is more of an interesting character. You know what I mean? So if that sure. makes Oh, sense.
0: yeah, yeah. That, yeah, they actually balance each other really yeah. well. Yeah,
1: so... I'm down for it. Um, maybe in a couple weeks cuz I think this is meant to be out in the the 1st of April in the UK on streaming services, so maybe in a couple of weeks when
0: Yeah, if I can
1: Phil, if just, Phil and I, if I can watch, it watch, I can watch it, it, watch it, we'll 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 give our thoughts on it. Um coming soon. I mean, we're done with reboot month. I hope you guys had fun. We should have something kind of fun next week. Uh, as always, you can find us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can let us know your thoughts on this, or you can hit us up at, at Cinema.com. Let us know what you thought of reboot months, what you think of these films. If you want to go out of your way and watch uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, the original, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, the original film, if you want to go out of your way, go go have fun. Do that. Just have fun. fun. <laughs> as always, you can find me at Tall for All, T A L, the number four. A L L on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Phil, where can they find you?
0: My faraway dad on Twitter I and mean, in real life. Doug Diamond on Instagram. And yeah, I'm, gonna be, I'm just gonna be chilling here, drinking cherry juice. Am I park now? <laughs> I'm t- <laughs> trapped to a boat and then forced to fight a giant dinosaur that lights my chateau on fire.
1: I mean, you and could then, just
0: be you know? shipped
1: over to my house and I'll I'll, I'll beat your ass.
0: <laughs> I'll set <send> you up
1: <laughs> Big tall bastard It's a date Flamethrower <laughs>
0: Yeah I still win somehow
1: <laughs> That's Alright <wrap. laughs>